we all want artificial intelligence to be trustworthy, safe and responsible, especially as we bring it out of the ivory tower and into our everyday lives. However, the problem with that is that very people know how to do this well. We're extremely fortunate here on the AI Safety Podcast to have some of the very best people in the world, both thinking about this problem and also to have them on the show with us. Jennifer Jordan is Managing Director at Techstars, a global network helping entrepreneurs gain access to networks, capital and innovation. And in this episode, she talks to us about the real challenges and opportunities that exist for companies around the world to focus on operationalizing AI risk safety in a meaningful way. The team really, really hopes you enjoy this episode with Jennifer Jordan. I'm Dr. Lawrence Ampofo of Errol, and this is the AI Safety Podcast. Jennifer, welcome to the AI Safety Podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. I'm delighted to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to talking more with you and sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with the audience. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure to talk to someone else who's thinking about how do we operationalize sort of the intersection of AI and ethics or responsible AI. How do we make that um, usable process, tools, and practice for organizations? So Jennifer, let's begin by just having you introduce yourself to the audience Tell us a little bit more about your work and in particular, what drove you to be working in this space? Sure. So uh, a little bit about me. Um, by background, I'm actually an investor. I started my career in investment on the uh, equity research side at a small bank in the Pacific Northwest back in the 90s. So I've been privileged to see a lot of change and development of software and software process for many years. Um, and the last seven years... Uh, plus, I've been an early stage investor focused on data-driven companies and enterprise software. I did that for the state of Massachusetts for their firm, Mass Ventures. And then more recently, I've been a managing director for Techstars with their New York Barclays program. And I do a very small amount of very tiny angel investment. So that's a little bit about me in the nutshell. Why do I care about this work? Um, you also asked me that. And I, I care about this work because um, as someone who's been around software for a long time, I think about it as a system end to end. And AI has some unique characteristics as a system. It's driven by its data, but it's impacted by the choice of algorithm as well as the hardware it runs on and hardware that provides information to it or data that provides information to the system. So this presents a big challenge in sort of managing the life cycle of this, this, these applications and um, thinking through how they can be managed for fairness, for avoiding bias, for no longer describing the situation on the ground right, for a change in the hardware that might not match the way the model was originally trained. So all those pieces of complexity, when I started to hear people saying what they were building AI for, I started asking myself questions about how would they manage it? 
And what I discovered was we were still in the art stage of tuning AI systems for their performance. And we were not in the stage about thinking about their, their impact and how we would manage them in the wild. Thank you for sharing that, Jennifer. I think that distinction is really, really fascinating and incredibly useful talking about the distinction between the art and the operationalization of, <clears throat> of code and of artificial intelligence. And I think my next question for you really is, as someone who's in a very engaged community, the investor community, where a lot of investment is made in the art of code, um, can you tell me why it's so important for you to really focus on the operationalization side? What's the intrinsic value there for you? Yeah, I think I think it has a lot of times we think about it in terms of um, managing risk, right? And that we're waiting for policy and regulation to tell us how to manage risk. But I actually think this is about opportunity. And um, what 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 we see if you're building AI systems or if you're implementing AI within your organization, you really have to have your business leaders understand how to manage it and manage its implications. And they need to have confidence in order to deploy it and use it and trust it at scale. So there's a trust that you want in terms of be doing the right thing for your consumers and your users and don't have bad outcomes. And there's also a trust that you want that's a practical trust for business users. And um, when I look at that, I see that what we've been missing is sort of that architecture of trust end to end to support these systems. And if we had that, their adoption actually could go much more quickly. And the good that could come from them could go much more quickly. But we have to be really accountable around how we think about that build. And, and to me, when you see those moments in software, you know what we see right now is people are mostly investing in the application and the problem solving piece. We're gonna diagnose a medical problem. We're gonna make a credit decision. We're gonna drive a drone, right? But we're not, they're not yet thinking about, okay, what does it mean to enable that? But very large uh, businesses, like cloud architecture businesses have been built around enablement, right? So when you see them coming, they usually come side hand in hand. And the closest analogy for me um, is cybersecurity. If you look at cybersecurity and its origins, what you saw in the beginning, um, 2003, 2004, was people beginning to understand the risks on the internet and then adopting point solutions as we saw certain problems pop up. And that's what responsible AI looks like today from the investment side. What you see is every firm that's investing in the art has one or two investments in pieces of the infrastructure and it's kind of flavor of the year. First it was, we're gonna do explanation. And then it was, oh, we should be looking at ML ops. So a couple of firms made bets in explanation, but they don't necessarily have a bet in MLOps because they think, well, we've covered it, right? Because they've invested in that point tool. And then you have um, people today starting to look at AI governance systems that will take in that data from those other things and help a business manager or a risk and compliance team manage AI risk, right? But for me, each of those is like a 
point tool were not yet at the platform. So cyber looked like that in 2004. It was a three and a half to $4 billion market. And by 2020, it was a $150 billion market as we try to solve the problems that are coming and the inherent complexity. And AI has all of those same elements. Jennifer, if you view then responsible AI as one of the key pillars of a successful business rollout of a, of any products or any AI infused products, which is essentially every product from now on, what would you say are then the core pillars of that? Or what are companies not really seeing when it comes to successful AI deployments? I think um, there are a couple interesting things in this realm. One, one is that one way that we've decided to solve these, solu- these problems of um, management of AI is to have experts ethics experts and responsible AI experts who look at the problem from the beginning and say, hey, if you want to build for this application, you're going to confront these types of questions. Okay, product development team, go back and tell me how you're going to solve these questions, right? Those people don't actually have tools. So a little bit, maybe AI governance or maybe process management tools are needed there. We also see, or I also believe that different vertical industries or different applications will meet different problems of responsible AI at different points. So if you're dealing with um, making consumer credit recommendations or you're dealing with um, market, you know, e-commerce marketing applications, privacy and individual's data and what's in that data, biases inherent in the data become super, super important to you. Probably first order priority in terms of accuracy. That's maybe also true or is also true for medical applications and medical priorities. But if you're the person who's building an autonomous vehicle or is you actually have a medical device in the market that has some AI software in it, you may be less concerned right now about privacy and more concerned about security of your AI, right? And Or about the hardware software interaction, right? Is the... If they, if they upgrade a sensor on the medical device, is my model still gonna be accurate? And am I tracking those things in tandem? So the problems that you meet depend on, and, and your, your weighting of their importance depend on where you live, right? Within the, within the problem, what you care about is. That's why I think you're gonna see point tools first, and then we're gonna see those things evolve into platforms. You know, Jennifer, one of the one of the examples that you just use in terms of um, autonomous transportation, um, that's such an important area of work. Um, in particular, when you talk about the trust layer of the Internet, it's something that for years and years, um, developers and other practitioners, we've been thinking long and hard about how to develop an effective, um, effective trust layer for the Internet. And especially when we're talking about um, AI safety, um, AI risk management, um, these two elements fit specifically in that. So I can't think of a more of a more impactful or important mission, especially when you're working with companies to help them bring core ideas and products to the market. Um, I can't think of anything more important 
then enabling them to really think very deeply about deploying effectively this trust layer. Yeah, to me, what that that type of problem and the diversity of these challenges, right? The best of the best of those autonomous vehicle companies and people like the Jake are thinking about this from first principles, right? How do we design for safety and anti-bias and human engagement from the beginning, from the get-go of designing the system? But that still means that all the tools to help you manage and implement those things need to be developed. And so as an investor and someone who often wears that investor hat, I see this as a really actionable thesis that isn't just a niche, that it's a broad, will be a broad and growing market and that there'll be diverse plays within it. It won't be one flavor of explainable AI for everything, right? And that, that part gets me really excited, excited to meet new companies working in the field, excited to see the, the way people are tackling it, right? We saw some explainability companies. There's a ton more work to be done in analyzing and understanding data for bias. One of the really interesting things for me about this space is also the space where people recognize that there are gaps in the data that we don't have, and they see ways to solve other problems in healthcare or in, in climate. And as they do that, they fill in one of these data gaps. So there's just a rich wealth of what can happen. And the other thing that I find really compelling is that sometimes the people who see the problem are the people who are not normally building AI. It's founders with a diverse perspective, right? So you wanna build for diversity in this team. And to me, that also makes me excited that this is a plant place to, to bring a lot of great applications into the world. And one of the really interesting things is the diversity of founders who see these kind of blind spots and then go after trying to solve them. Jennifer, what would you say is at stake if we get this wrong? Oh, God. I think one of the things that people don't really realize yet is how deeply and rapidly and profoundly this type of this automated decision making application is growing. And we're engaged with it all the time and we may not realize. And we haven't always designed for the best uh, outcomes in the interaction of this technology with humans. So, and we see that all the time in the news with the unintended consequences when big brands that we think should do better make mistakes, right? When Goldman and Apple can put out a credit card that without realizing that it's discriminating in its credit allocation decisions to women based on biases inherent in the system. When we can make language models that um, are, are accidentally reflecting the worst of the news headlines related to a particular uh, race or class of people, right? When, when he, you build systems like Waze and don't realize that we are so compelled as humans to give over to computers and technology in the way that we've designed them today, that several years ago, people in Boston following Waves took a right turn down and, and thundered down you know, 50 steps in our town, town center, in the city center, where there wasn't actually a road, right? Those are the types of, of like those are the low level challenges, but the risks are so profound, right? The, the wrong diagnosis 
for because your population wasn't represented in a data set. Or um, Michael Jordan, the Berkeley professor's example of hundreds of people sent erroneously to get ultrasound museum exams um, because their AI, the, the model that was used to say whether their baby was at risk hadn't been built with any feedback loop for when the, the ultrasound sensor was upgraded. Hundreds of false positives. Like those are the things that are at risk if we get this wrong. And they're, they're permutating across multiple industries, multiple applications. And they're touching all of our lives. Jennifer, what would you say um, are the barriers and challenges that the industry faces to achieving maturity? I think one of the biggest challenges has been from that that I've seen so far is we're still really early and the love of the art and the big billion dollar opportunity of what you could predict is still more compelling to people than the hey how do we architect to make sure we do that well and we can do it you know over its life cycle. So when we when I talk to other investors they say well hey I'm just concerned that my startup can get this thing off, off the ground. And that's a, to me, that's a short-sighted thinking because if they can get it off the ground, but they haven't architected for uh, this type of trust, transparency, and accountability, then at some point they will be beaten by somebody who has, right? And that's the same for large enterprise that's adopting AI solutions. If you haven't started to give this type of trust, transparency, and accountability to your business users by investing in this part, you're putting the company at a disadvantage versus others who will. And that disadvantage that other companies find themselves in, um, that absolutely translates to core things like profit and loss. Right. You, you, you're exposing yourself to potential lost revenue, to brand risk, and to risks that are like your cyber risk. Jennifer, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and learning more about your perspectives on AI, AI risk and risk management. Where is the best place for people to find out more about you and your work and connect with you? Um, you can look for me on Twitter at jajordan13. Um, that's a very good place to find me. And you can also find me through my LinkedIn. Well, Jennifer, thank you once again for spending some time here with us with the AI Safety Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and we can't wait to have you back on again. So thank you. Thank you so much, Lawrence. It was my absolute pleasure to talk to you and I'm wishing you every success as you continue to grow your business. Thank you. The AI Safety Podcast is written and produced as a service of the AI Responsibility Lab. Join us on this journey every other Friday. The AI Responsibility Lab makes software that helps companies reduce AI risk. To find out how AeroS can help your team succeed, visit us at AIResponsibilityLab.com.